The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Central City Chronicle, the unofficial The Flash internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppychulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, October 5th, 2016, and I am your host, Professor X. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of The Flash. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit CW series casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-host, Jeffrey Aruz. Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, we're going to get all paradoxical with you tonight. And speaking of paradoxes, Jess Christine. I'm not sure if that was a compliment, but it's hello not. everyone. <laughs> I'm going to take it as one. I'm going to take it as one. Alright, let's jump into our recap of Season 3, Episode 1, titled Flashpoint, which aired October 4th. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. After a brief reminder of how Season 2 ended with Barry going back in time to save his mom from Eobard Thawne, we meet up with a relaxed, happy Barry living in a different world. Literally. He's still a CSI and still has his powers, but isn't being the Flash. He uses his powers for fun and to set up a meet-cute with Iris. We find out Barry's been in this timeline for about three months, and we gradually come to see how things here are different. There's another Flash in a yellow suit, Cisco's a billionaire, Caitlin's an eye doctor, and Joe's a drunk. We also find out Barry's not the only survivor of the old timeline. He's keeping Eobard Thawne in a cage that somehow blocks the speed force. And Thawne ominously warns Barry not to get comfortable. He's messed with time, and time will fight back. Barry quickly finds out that Kid Flash is Wally West by unmasking him while he's unconscious. Not cool, Barry. And Iris knows Wally's secret identity. In order to fight a speedster called The Rival, Barry gets the band back together again. Kind of. Kidnapping Caitlin in the process. Working together, they manage to defeat the rival. Kind of. I mean, Joe shoots him in the back, but it's still a win. But Barry's shaken. Not only because Barry's been seriously wounded and isn't healing, but because he realizes he's losing the memories of his previous life. And as Thawne points out, when those memories go, that timeline is gone forever. Barry realizes he's sacrificed that reality and his friends for his own selfish happiness. So Barry sets Thawne free to go back in time and do what he was supposed to do all along, kill Barry's mom and restore the original timeline. But Thawne warns Barry things may not be exactly the same, and they're not. Barry soon finds out that Iris and Joe aren't talking, even though he's back in the reality that he thought he'd left in the first place. And no one will tell him what's the problem. I'm guessing this means Barry and Iris are no longer an item, but we'll have to wait and find out. And what else will we find is different in this world? Oh, and in the tag, we find out this season's big bad is going to be Dr. Alchemy. Meh. What was everyone's reaction to the episode? Starting with you, Jeff. I thought it was a strong episode. I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get more of the Flashpoint universe, as in we didn't get more episodes in this universe. It was kind of like, oh, okay, everything got 
cleaned up in an episode, which was a teeny tiny bit disappointing just because I, I like exploring the alternate timelines because I think they're really interesting, the changes and, and all that kind of stuff. But I like the episode overall. You know, Barry always seems to learn a lesson after he goes uh, back in time, and the lesson is don't do it, but will he do it again? Probably. We'll see. <laughs> this is The Flash. But overall, I thought it was a strong premiere. And just what did you think? You know, I have to agree 100%. I wasn't sure what to expect for this season. I was pretty excited for Flashpoint, but I had the feeling like it wasn't going to live up to my expectations and the hype. So I wasn't trying to get myself overly excited. And so I think I was, I was pretty satisfied with what we got. But I agree with Jeff. I was really disappointed that Barry kind of was able to fix right his wrongs, so to speak, so quickly, even though, you know, he returns, obviously, and not everything is as it should be, but I was kind of disappointed that, like, he he didn't kind of get stuck in that universe and have more trouble getting out. I was a little bit disappointed that everything was kind of wrapped up very nicely. Yeah, I'll make it three for three. I, I thought they wrapped the whole thing up a little too seamlessly. It mm -hmm. would have been nice if you could have spent more time. It's like when they crossed over to Earth 2. You spend more time in Earth 2, get to know the differences, get to understand why it's a different world, what the changes were that made things the way they are. Here it was just like, you know, they teased us all summer with Flashpoint, and this changes everything. Uh, and then it's like, you know, kind of tidally, or maybe not quite so tidally, wrapped up towards the end, and Barry's back where he began, and the whole team's back together, and... Yeah, just, uh, it, and the funny thing is, if I look at the episode, I didn't dislike the episode. I liked it. I really enjoyed Barry's performance. I liked the characterizations. I liked everything about it, but I guess they just set the bar so high uh, that it just felt a little, as I said before, meh. So before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of The Flash, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Central City Chronicle. Follow us on Tumblr, thecentralcitychronicle.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe dot com slash poppy chula radio are you interested in joining the poppy chula radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor email talent at poppy radio.com binge listen to your favorite poppy chula radio programs by visiting poppy radio.com slash archives you can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through itunes just search for the central city chronicle and subscribe thanks announcer where to begin? I guess the first obvious question is time travel is all over the place. I mean, how many TV shows uh, this season are dealing with time travel? It used to be just Doctor Who. So what did you think about how they dealt with the consequences of time travel? It's a, it's a trope of science fiction, so how did The Flash handle it? Jess? I personally, I like when they do time travel, but I always find that it's kind of handled with kid gloves a little bit. Nothing ever seems to really have a lasting impact or like he can fix it 
or like nothing ever goes disastrously wrong even when it should like if something's if it's really that bad to screw around with the timeline show me that it's really that bad jeff what did you think about how they treated uh, time travel in this one yeah and I just agree. the flash in general well i agree with jess i feel like the flash uniquely uses time travel because they have their own set of rules and unfortunately it doesn't seem like the rules are enforced all the time because we're we're introduced to like these different things like the time wraiths and this that or the other and they sort of pop up conveniently when it's needed and uh, when you know all these things are going wrong with the timeline or people are like messing with the timeline usually for the most part like 90% of the time nothing bad really happens you know minus you know a minor change if someone decides to go and fix the mistakes that they made so it's it's interesting how they play with time I don't mind it for the most part because I feel I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I love time travel and watching time travel in, in television and, and, and in films. So it's interesting to me. But I wish that there were more ramifications. And I wish that if they set specific rules and guidelines for time travel, that they kind of stuck to it as opposed to like, oh, okay, well, this time we're not going to involve the time race because maybe we don't have the money for the CGI or whatever. Like, I wish that they would just stick to a certain set of rules as opposed to you know sort of like throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks it is kind of interesting that there's so much time travel on television this fall um i was thinking about early today and i suspect it's because the people who are commissioning the shows are people are of the age where they grew up with back to the future and so everyone has that you know emotional attachment to a time travel story uh, it's the only reason I can think of, uh, you know, either it's just, you know, uh, people of the older generation getting old and worrying about the future. So neither of you were well, bo- bothered by the, yeah, neither of you were bothered by the fact that Barry had to kill himself. Let me explain yeah. as I can, as I can, as I can hear the, the Hans. Think about it. Barry goes back in time, stops, uh, reverse flash from killing his mom, leaves. So there is young Barry who's going to grow up with his mom and dad, have his normal life. Go to school, meet Iris, become a CSI, even though he no longer has a reason to become a CSI. But Barry has run into the future, which means there have to be two Barrys, the one who's lived through that timeline and the Barry who jumped forward in time. So the only way Barry can be living with his mom and dad is if he killed other Barry, original Barry. Well, there's that. Yeah, I call it the Rick and Morty paradox. You you kill your uh, alternate so you can uh, live the better life. But there's one very important question. Did he cry? Oh, gosh. <laughs> we didn't get a lot of uh, crying Barry in this one, which was kind of surprising. Well, don't no, worry. Jess, Jess has a lot of his tears saved up. That's oh, what she good. drinks in the morning, as opposed to, like, Folgers or something. She's got, like, this oversized coffee mug of uh, Barry tears that she sips every morning to her delight. They smell delicious. Extra yeah, salty. That's that, but that's the sort of paradox you get into when you've got time travel and you don't clearly establish the rules. And correct, it does feel yeah. like you're saying like they're just sort of making it up as they go. No, and you're right. If if this were, I, I don't want to say like real time travel because <laughs> you know, time travel is not real. At least not yet. At least that we know of. Well, not that we know of. Yeah, exactly. But although if, if it is at any point in the future, it is yet. There's no yet. If time, anyway, but anyway. Yes, I, I I see what you're doing there, but. If 
it's supposed to be like the way you're saying it, then of course he would have to do that. But they don't really ever show that on this show because they've done time travel so many times. And you would think that the Barry that's time traveling, he's time traveling to a time where there is another Barry. Much like, we, well, we saw that in, uh, was was he time traveling? Yeah, because he, he time traveled to the past, right? And he had to knock himself out. Exactly. So they've established that two berries can exist in the same time and space. Exactly. Maybe so he in just the future, yeah. current berry out for three months. I don't know. Yeah. See, that kind of weirded me out a little bit because they didn't really explain it. So I took it to mean like, remember at the breakfast table when he goes down and he hugs his mom and she's like, "Well, you've been doing that consistently for like three months, and that's really weird." And he's like, "I can stop doing it if you want me to," and she's like, "No," and it was cute. It sounds like the Barry from, like, the regular universe popped in all of a sudden and replaced himself. But I'm not really sure because they didn't really, like, go in on that. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what happened there. They they should have explained a little bit more and, and fleshed out this alternate world because it was it was cute. But I'm going to say, like, as somebody that loves this show and loves what they're doing... If you're going to tear on my heartstrings with a story about Barry finally being reunited with his parents and getting this life that he has always wanted since he was a kid, yank on my heartstrings, pull them out, squeeze them, shred them, stomp on them. Don't just kind of pluck them gently, sigh, and then leave. That's a letdown. So Yeah, Barry has cried a lot more over a lot less over the course of this series. It did seem a little odd. Honestly, like, I was hoping for some, this is going to sound so weird, but I was hoping for, like, some emotional savagery, and I didn't get it. Well, I don't think you necessarily needed that, because Barry was happy. Like, throughout the rest of the season, like, he's all, or the series, I should say, he's always had, like, a reason to be very sad, because his mother died, and, like, all this trouble with his father, and this, that, or the other, and blah, blah, blah. But he's, like, genuinely happy now. So, like, maybe, like, the first couple weeks he was emotional which obviously we didn't get a chance to see because we picked up three months later but like by that point in time three months later like he's content he's happy he's got what he's always dreamt of an actual uh time and 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 an adulthood with his mother and father alive living together you know what he pictured would be like the perfect happy family unfortunately in the original timeline he had already developed at that point his own nuclear family that wasn't necessarily blood relation family but he had developed his own family and i guess he didn't uh, you know no one ever really realizes what they have until they lose it and he had this wonderful family already in uh, the original timeline is that the right way to say it maybe yes i I think think so so. i understand what you mean i just yeah would have preferred, like, I understand that Barry went through a lot and he cried a lot and whatever, but if you're going to show a timeline where his mom and dad are, you know, present and around and being fantastic parents to him, I want to feel like I lost something too. Like, I want to be attached to his mom, even just a little bit. Because for me, like, she was really pretty and John Wesley Ship is amazing, but... Honestly, I didn't really feel any emotional attachment to them. Like, I felt 
kind of sad that they died again, but it was just like, oh, well, what, like, I didn't oh, really whatever. get to see them. <laughs> yeah. Jess, you're I, so cold. I know, that sounds so, like, terrible, but I just, I wanted more, I think, emotionally, which, honestly, I, I don't know why I wanted more. Maybe I need to go eat something, and then I'll just feel better, or, like, punch something, and, but, no, um, I don't know, I just, meh. There was a nice element that uh, that just brought out the idea that, you know, Barry is, you know, suddenly and, you know, in the three months since, you know, our Barry replaced that reality's Barry, uh, you know, it's been so much more affectionate. It raised the question of, you know, what was other Barry like? Was he a sullen teenager slamming his door, shouting, you don't understand me, listening to heavy yes. metal music? Maybe he dyed his hair black. Yes, there to all of it. Alternate Barry's yeah. out there. That's true. Did you but, know um, cry a lot? Well, we know, Jess, how much you love a crying Barry. What did you think? So off the top of this episode, we get to see the carefree, not a care in the world, happy-go-lucky Barry. What did you think of, uh, of that version of the character? You know what? At least there will always be plenty of alternate universe Barry shedding alternate universe tears. <laughs> but no, um, I really liked him as, you know, this well-adjusted normal Barry. But again, I was kind of confused because... Again, they brought up the point of, well, he's been so affectionate in the last three months. I would have thought that he would have, like, ceased to exist in the other timeline, but then continued on with his life, like, from when was his mom murdered, when he was 11. So I would have thought that he had he would have continued on with his life from 11 years old and kind of, like, merged with his 11-year-old self, but... Like, I'm confused as to why that didn't happen. We didn't have to see that, but I'm confused as to why he didn't get almost an entire lifetime worth of new memories with his parents rather than just three months. Yeah, and again, it's one of those consequences of how they were dealing with time travel. Maybe that should have been in addition, and that was part of uh, the original comic book series, was that it wasn't just that he was losing his memories, it was that he was gaining the memories. Uh, and therefore forgetting that he was Flash, which, you know, they never really got into here. Um, Jeff, what did you think about Happy, Relaxed Barry? And, and and let's talk specifically about the meet-cute with Iris. I like Happy, Relaxed Barry. I mean, to be quite honest, it, it wasn't that much of a difference between normal Barry when he's happy. I mean, Barry generally speaking, is like a happy, peppy person. He's a positive thinker, unless it's stuff dealing with his family and that kind of stuff. He usually has a a rosy outlook on life, I would say, for the most part. And so it, it was nice to see him, though, without any stresses, because in this timeline, obviously, he's not the Flash. So he's he doesn't have to drop everything, you know, and, and go and save people and that kind of thing. So it was unique to see him in a more like chill carefree type of demeanor than he is in the regular timeline the mute cute was nice i'm i'm still surprised that it took three months for him to find her and to, and to like want to do the meet cute but i guess you know if in this timeline you you two hadn't like or them two hadn't uh, kept in touch all this time so i guess you know you have to pick the right type of uh, situation and scenario to like make what you want to happen happen because obviously he wants what happened in the original timeline to happen in this one where they get all romantical and stuff 
it's also kind of interesting you brought up the point that he's no longer being the Flash. He still has his powers, uh, but he's really, you know, not using them, certainly not using them to fight crime, which is interesting because yeah. if you look at Barry over the first two seasons, we've often said, you know, when analyzing his character, what sets him apart is that he's a hero. He does what has to be done because that's what heroes do. Yet he seems to have absolutely no problem just stepping back and letting someone else handle it, even though Kid Flash can't handle uh, you know, this, uh, this opponent on his own, which I thought was a little, don't know if that was true to, uh, to Barry, uh, as we knew him. Uh, it seemed, you know, more convenient for plot point. Than That's true. I, I can agree him. with that, but also he was really enjoying the role that he had in this new universe. And, and I think his contentment at just being like Nora and Henry's son, I, I feel like, that sort of like there wasn't like the high stakes before like he had lost his mom and his father was in prison and all this kind of stuff and like he really like had uh, that um you know that that sort of mentality that i need to be the hero and in this universe he didn't necessarily need to feel that way because there, there i mean there's this other hero out there and he's got his family so i i can see why he I guess wasn't feeling as heroic as he would in the regular timeline, but I also get what you're saying as far as it's surprising move considering who Barry is and all he has experienced thus far at, you know at this point in time, back in time, present time, future time, middle time, in between time. And you mentioned we the idea that we got to see uh, Barry like so many millennials still living at home with mom and dad and uh, you know, the funny thing is as soon as I realized he was still living at home, I thought was, Dude, should you be living at home? How old are you? And then you get his mom dropping hints that it's time for him to move out. I love that moment. Uh, what do you guys think about the family dynamic? Because, you know, from Barry's point of view, it's almost like a fantasy situation. He's being plunged into a family that he's really never known or hasn't known for, you know, all these years. His dad's been in jail uh, and then died. His mom died, you know, when he was very young. So he's experiencing this uh, this this sort of heightened reality. Uh, what did you think about uh, the way they played that? Uh, specifically, you know, the, the various characters now they played off each other. Jess, let's start with you. What did you think about uh, the Allens at home? They should have filled in those gaps with actual memories. Like, they didn't have to be long, but just even seeing, like, something fuzzy where Barry and his dad are playing catch, or Barry and his dad are at the bookstore, or Barry and his mom are doing something. Like, something like that, because it didn't really show, like, when he lost his memories if he gained anything, so what? It, would he just have been like a blank slate? But other than that, like I, I enjoyed the dynamic that they put forth. I thought um, John West, Wesley's ship is always great to see, and I really, really liked. I'm sorry, I'm not aware of her actual name, but the actress that played Nora. I just thought that they were really. I thought that they played well off of each other, and I thought that it was again, it was very funny when. Um, they were kind of hinting at Barry. They're like, man, like, you need to move out. You need to get a girlfriend. You need to do something. And I think my favorite part was when Barry's like, oh, I forgot to tell you guys. You know that girl at the coffee shop? And he's so excited. And his mom just looks at him. And she's like, oh, the girl you've been stalking? Like, just cuts the chase. No bullshit. Like, you can tell that he's definitely, I think he's definitely a mama's boy. But I also think that his mom is just honest with him. Like, ridiculously so and it makes me smile because there are a lot of moms where maybe they would like kind of excuse that behavior or just be like oh that's normal like courting behavior she's like no you you were stalking her that's creepy 
Like, at least she was honest. I have to admire her for that. Which, by the way, he totally was. If I was Iris, I would have heard somebody, like, mumbling very quickly behind me and punched him in the chin. Like, just gone for it. Uh, Jeff, what did you think about the uh, the home life of the Owens? I agree with what Jess said. Because we've known Barry since season one. And ever since we've known him as a character in season one and throughout all of his life, he's always wanted his mother and his father to grow up with them, you know, to have his mother alive, to have his father be out of jail. And I wish that we would have seen a little bit more of the dynamic. Like, even if they would have done some sort of, like, montage or something for the first three months to, like, see their relationship and how that's developed. Because what we saw, we were, like, thrust in the middle of his experience in this alternate timeline, in this Flashpoint timeline. And uh, I don't know. I feel like for all of us that, like, wanted to see that, we were cheated a little bit. You know, we didn't get a chance to see him experience it the way I guess maybe we all hoped that we would see him experience it. So I, I feel like that was a little bit disappointing because I think all of us that have been that have seen this series since the beginning, we all really wanted to see that relationship and see, you know, what it would be like for Barry to have his mother alive, to have his father out of jail and to have grown up with them together. It's also a weird dynamic because Barry is almost like a cuckoo in the nest in that, you know, they have all these memories of growing up with their Barry, but this Barry doesn't have those memories. You know, he wouldn't remember, you know, a science fair or Christmas 85 or something like that because he wasn't present for them. He would be faking it with them a lot of the time, which is kind of an, an, you know, an, an odd situation. So even though, you know, he's got to be, you know, thrilled that he's with his family, on the other hand, he's not technically their son it's again it's 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 i think you you raised the point that you know there was more they could have done uh yeah. you know with this timeline. it's his family and, but it's not his family exactly it's uh, it's almost yeah. like living in a holodeck type situation uh it's it's a remarkable simulation um but moving away from that uh whenever one of the great things about flash is they travel to alternate dimensions they travel in time and stuff like that and that means one of our favorite things doppelgangers uh, let's start with the portrayal of Kid Flash. What did you guys think of uh, Kid Flash? He's a little cocky, a little arrogant, very much the annoying younger brother to Barry's older Flash. Uh, Jeff, what did you think about Kid Flash? Or if, as he would insist on being called, just Flash. Yes, I enjoyed Kid Flash. I like the Wally West character, so I'm glad that we finally got to see a doppelganger of him because we didn't get a chance to see that in Earth Two. So I thought it was it was a lot of fun to see uh, Keenan Lonsdale like take on a different persona because we've seen we're used to the Wally West, obviously in the original timeline, who is uh, definitely not uh, as cocky as this one and uh i I don't know i enjoyed it i I thought they did a great job with uh kid flash or or flash and uh yeah i enjoyed seeing him as a character and i'm sure he had a lot of fun getting the chance to play a character that's different than the wally west that we've seen although unfortunately it was just for an episode so we think although you never know but back in that reality uh you know wally was zapped by the speed force so who knows uh, it was also kind of, I kind of like the fact that, uh, you know, his sort of brash, uh, overconfident uh, kid Flash, you know, fastest man alive, uh, is, uh, you know, very reminiscent of the Wally West in the comic books. Uh, you know, uh, you know when Kid Flash and Flash were together, there was very much the uh, the sense of Kid Flash as being the, uh, the cocky, arrogant one. And, of course, that's what gets uh, Wally in trouble here. Uh, Jess, what did you think of Kid Flash? 
I loved him. I was so impressed with what they did. Also, um, it might just be me, but I really thought that Wally's suit is way better than Barry's. I, re- I really liked his attitude. Interesting. I, yeah. I did. I'm sorry. I really liked his attitude, though. And I hope that, you know, when Wally eventually gets his, his speed in the regular universe, I'm not sure what to go. Is it like pre-Flashpoint or post-Flashpoint universe? What universe is it now? What are we Well, talking? theoretically, theoretically, if it wasn't for what we know at the end, it should be back to the normal universe. But we now know that it's an altered normal universe. Yeah. So, is it like, what do we call it for simplicity? It's it would be post-Flashpoint. Okay, so the post-Flashpoint universe, I do hope that Wally gets that kick-ass costume because it's better than Barry's. And I do hope oh, that when he gets his speed, um, he's able to have that same sort of attitude. Like, I hope that there... You know what, actually? No, that would be kind of cool. I was about to say, I hope that there are no, like, lingering effects where because Barry screwed up with the timeline, Wally remembers dying at the hands of the rival and, like, is freaked out and kind of jittery. But it would be kind of cool if he remembered that. If, like, one day he was just zooming along, like, training, and all of a sudden he remembered and literally just, like, he had a flashback of this thing that is clearly not his life, but Barry messed with the timeline and now it's something that he can't forget and he has to work through like just something of consequence like that well i think if anybody would remember it would probably be cisco yeah Yeah, probably which brings us to our next doppelganger uh so one of the challenges uh that you face uh, you know when, when you're introducing a doppelganger character a familiar character in a different guise. It's not a challenge. We often talk about it from the point of view of the actor. So when we talk about, you know, Caitlin versus Killer Frost and, and, you know, how much fun it must be to play that different character or when Iris crossed over and became the Earth 2 badass Iris. But I, th- I think there's a, an interesting challenge involved for the writers as well because should the doppelganger be completely different or do they believe that we're ultimately the same person? just in a different circumstance and that you know when the chips are down when the pressure's on we'll react the same because we're the same person uh with that in mind what did you think about the billionaire cisco jess why did he have the same kind of memory set as regular cisco except he's rich yeah i was i was kind of hoping when uh barry uh told him that story rich cisco would go that never happened to me man get the hell out of my office i don't know but it didn't but uh, but what did you think about just the uh, the portrayal of him as the you know what Cisco might be in our world if he was you know a little more confident or uh, a little more daring? I cackled really unattractively, and there were a couple of snorts thrown in there for good measure. It was it was such a fun flip on the character that we know and love because you know. Cisco is such a bouncy, adorable character. Like for me, at least, I think he represents the audience a lot of the time. Where like he's able to convey what the audience is feeling. Like when he's like really, really like his reactions to certain events. And so to see, you know, this other version of Cisco, where he's like, I don't, I don't think that crime fighting is something I want to do. I don't want to be in touch with you people. I don't care about saving the city or metahumans or whatever. My money needs me. That was hilarious to watch because, like, it it was so different. And I do wonder, like, 
if our Cisco had the opportunity, would he take money over his friends and saving the city? Probably not, but the the uh, Flashpoint Cisco definitely would. And so, as much as there were things that were similar, I wish that we had seen you know the differences between them. Which again is more to do with like I wish they had fleshed out that world a little bit. And even if we got like a two-parter episode or something like that. I know I'm being really nitpicky, like, wanting to see how even Mm -hmm. Cisco changed, but honestly, I just think it would have been really interesting. But no, he was fantastic. And I really liked... This is going to sound so weird, because, like, I normally don't care about fashion or whatever, but I really liked his outfits. And that girl that he was with, like, whew! That was... Jeff, what did you think about Cisco? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what Jess said. I love seeing Carlos Valdez like take on the different roles because you could tell he's having a lot of fun with it. Like oh, he God, was yeah. evil over. Do you notice that Earth one two. little scene where he's like throwing up the air ball, and it was just like yeah. a perfect moment because you know other people would have been no, no, I gotta get this. For him to intent, you know, to miss the shot, and I'm sure it was an intentional choice on the part of the actor, but that was just perfect for that character. It was just so seamlessly done. It was it was fun. I, I liked this iteration of Cisco because this was like the over the top. I mean, we were sort of talking about cocky before, but like the over the tops were like full of himself. Like you know, uh, you know, I'm the best. Uh, you know, version of, of Cisco, and, and I I really enjoyed it. And much like what Jess said, and I know that I mentioned this earlier in the episode, I wish that we would have spent more time in this world. I feel yeah. like we were cheated a bit by having it be just one episode. And I, I get why they probably didn't do it as a multiple episode thing because there are these other shows that are in this universe and this, that, or the other. And if they're in this uh, Flashpoint paradox type of thing, then, you know, maybe their timeline doesn't match up with the other timelines and this, that, or the other, and they have a crossover looming in the future and whatnot. But I wish that we would have spent a little bit more time in this universe because it would have fleshed the characters out a little bit more. It would have shown us, I mean, right now we were sort of treated to like jarring differences between the characters between like the this iter- these uh, iterations versus the iterations that we're used to but maybe if they would have kept us in this universe for another episode or two we might have seen a lot more of similarities between the characters and, and whatnot i think that would have been interesting to see but i get why we were just treated to it for an episode although it would have been nice at least as jess said to do a two-parter maybe they could have done premiere night as a two-hour type of thing where there were thrust in this flashpoint paradox universe and then at the end of the two hours we would have been you know thrust back into post flashpoint uh central city or something like that i thought i think it's i don't know it's just it was an unfortunate type of situation where we just didn't get the chance to see more of this universe and uh, i think we all would have loved to have seen more oh yeah certainly you know certainly with uh you know uh, more of, of rich cisco that great line he had you know there's a universe where i'm not a billionaire there's something wrong with that universe um a couple couple of things about that one uh, just uh, the idea of, of spending more time with them i'm wondering what so i, I think obviously they did it for storytelling purposes we want to sort of clear this off so we can get back to standard you know metahuman of the week uh stories uh, as soon as possible 
but there are two things about that now that I think about it. One is if we had spent, let's say, two episodes or even four episodes really getting into these characters, finding out how they came to be, it would have been really difficult at the end of that arc for Barry to go back in time and essentially kill all of them. Well, and there, Jess would have gotten some Barry tears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's, that is evil. Uh, she cackles with glee. <laughs> Man, I want to move on really quickly from that cackle. Um, one little thing I wanted to mention about Cisco. I don't know. I don't know whether it was just like a throwaway line, like a little in joke or something. But when Cisco was talking about why he doesn't want to mess uh, with the speedsters, mentioned you know, uh, you know that idea of having the, the vibrating hand in your chest. So you wonder whether this Cisco maybe does share some of the vibe powers uh, with our Cisco and with vibe from Earth too. So that might be a constant across Cisco, even if he's not aware of it. Hmm. I like that. That's true. Indeed. Uh, now, okay, we've been talking uh, a fair bit about the doppelgangers, and it's it's and you know that is one of the great things about the show and about the sort of storylines they do, getting to see the characters in different settings and getting to see the actors behave differently. And everyone in the Flashpoint world was different, except Iris. Iris was pretty much the same, and I don't mean that as a bad thing. Like, let's take a moment to praise Candace Patterson. I I I'm on the record as saying she was the weak link of the show in all of season one but now i'm convinced that's just because they weren't giving her enough to do she was just the damsel in distress uh See? i think uh you know last year she had some episodes where she really shone not just earth two but l later in the season this episode you know she is you know really kind of you know as much as barry kind of a heart of it an anchor for barry um uh, i think you know she's really grown uh in the character over the past couple of years and if the writer Give writers give her the material. She can really deliver. What did you guys think about uh, her in this episode, Jeff? I love Candace Patton. I think she's uh, a really strong actress. Like I get where you're coming from as far as season one, and unfortunately, she was sort of like pitted in like the damsel in distress role. But once they started to give her more, you know, things to chew on, in particular towards the end of season one, uh, I mean, she's really proven herself to be a very strong cast member, and I've loved seeing her grow. I, I loved seeing her doppelganger in Earth 2, and although this one wasn't necessarily that different, I guess, like, the major change was that she just didn't know Barry, and she never, you know, became friends with him. Obviously, she, they never lived together and all this kind of stuff, but I, I thought it was interesting that how she had, like, these little subtleties that, that were, you know, different than the Iris that, that we know, and obviously, it was just more so propelled by the reasons that, that she just, you know, doesn't know Barry. I mean, she only knew him, what was it, like, elementary school or something like that, so she didn't really get a chance to see him grow up, so so there were just like these little nuances like, you know, oh, you know, I don't know. It's hard to describe, but there were like these subtle nuances, you know, because she didn't know this Barry character that uh, I, I feel like she expressed in this uh, Flashpoint Paradox version of Iris West. Uh, and, and also there was that little line when, uh, you know, Iris uh, meets uh, Thawne, where he says, "Ah, the future Mrs. West." So, just reminding us of that idea of the, you know that sort of shared de destiny. Yeah. Uh, Jess, what did you think of Iris in this episode? I liked her a lot. I thought that she was both true to, you know, this new Earth and the normal one that we had become accustomed to. I completely agree with you on season one Iris, but now I actually think that she is one of my favorite characters. Earth 2 Iris will forever 
be probably my favorite character on the show because she was so badass. So I would like to see her return in some way, shape, or form. But um, I really liked what they did with her. And more than that, I liked what they're doing with her. So it seems like now there's a little bit of tension between her and Joe. Whereas before, that was kind of like a rock-solid bond. And like sometimes I kind of got the inkling, obviously, that Barry was jealous, which is understandable because he didn't really have that relationship with his own father. But now, you know, Barry has messed that up. And I'm wondering, like, what could be so horrendous that Joe and Iris no longer speak to each other or are even like remotely close like what happened what did barry do well well yeah exactly and and you know uh but i mean whatever uh caused the rift it's obviously not something that caused a rift between uh joe and wally so you know obviously that's something we're going to have to find out so where do you guys see this season going in terms of the long-term story arc uh, season one was all about re defeating Reverse Flash. Season two was about uh, Thawne. Sorry, uh, season two was about Zoom. Uh, do you think Doctor Alchemy is the main arc for this season, or is that maybe a little red herring? And there's going to be something else going on behind the scenes. What do you think, Jess? I don't know, but I'm totally down for this ride. Wherever they take us, I'm down for it. I don't know what. I don't know. If they are setting something up and then they're going to be like, ha, 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 just kidding, it's actually this. But, like, I, I don't know. I guess, surprisingly, I trust them and I'm ready for it. Uh, Jeff, what do you think? What uh, is the big uh, overarching arc of uh, Season 3 going to be? Well, I might be cheating a little bit since I'll be reporting spoilers a little bit later, but from my understanding, from what I've read as far as interviews and whatnot, they are not featuring sort of like a speedster as like the main villain. It's going to be someone who's not a speedster. So, oh, thank I, God. I don't, yeah. I don't know well, if it's necessarily... Go ahead. A lot on getting those, uh, they have spent a lot of money getting those racing. And by the way, this episode, man, the, uh, the high-speed effects for the, uh, the battles... Uh, we're yeah. really, really good. I it agree. Hurt my eyes. Oh gosh. And so. Oh no. And so my understanding is that it's not going to be a speedster. I don't know if it's necessarily Doctor Alchemy, but I think it might be. I think all things are pointing to yes. And from my understanding, there will be a speedster in the mix, but it's not going to be the same type of speedster that we've seen in the past, a la they're you know they're wanting to you know take Barry's speed force and they want to take over the world and destroy everything and yada 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 so i feel like if i'm not mistaken we're gonna have multiple or at least two villains this season with like one overarching big bad overall and i would be remiss if i mentioned that if i didn't mention that, you know, when Barry was going back and putting the team together, one person he notably did not get was Harrison Wells, even though Harrison Wells should be alive on this earth because uh, Eobard Thawne was stopped from, you know, killing him uh, and uh, and taking his place. So there should have been a Harrison Wells out there somewhere, but we mm -hmm. didn't see him except That's for true. Barry briefly when uh, when uh, Barry was getting his memories back just to remind us that, you know, uh, we might be looking at a, a third iteration of a Tom Cavanaugh character. And again, in Barry's new reality, who knows what that reality will be? 
Um, because, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so, well, anyway, sorry, I'm just trying to think about, uh, time travel and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so, uh, anyway, as far as alchemy goes, I, I suspect, um, a bigger part of the, uh, the season might be, you know, uh, you know, the idea of time pushing back, which is, is something that, uh, that they do a lot of on this show, and whether it's going to be, you know, uh, Barry gradually realizing the consequences of his decisions and, and dealing with it, and possibly, I mean, it's, it's, it would be far too complicated, but wouldn't it be something if, like, every episode Barry was, like, trying, you know, was racing into the past or into a different dimension trying to find the right one or the one where everything is right and in so doing creates a crisis situation, which might lead to the big crossover between the uh, the DC titles later this year. Very interesting. And I use crisis advisedly. So, before we uh, get to spoilers, uh, what's the one thing you most want to see from The Flash this season? Jess? For me, aside, think, from, aside from Flash Tears, I mean, obviously. <laughs> for me, I think one of the show's strongest dynamics is the fact that it focuses so heavily on this theme of family and the idea that you don't have to be blood-related to love somebody as if they are your family. And so I really hope that they continue to play to that strength and everything gets fixed and... and well, I'm sure it will. I mean, it's the Flash. It's not like it's Arrow where everyone dies and then, boom, season is over. But I just... That is one aspect that I greatly admire. And I do hope that, you know, in future, maybe they'll go about improving their set of rules for time travel because everything kind of seems wishy-washy. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, what do you think? What What's the one thing you'd most like to see this season? To be quite honest, in the immediate future, I'd like to see more ramifications of the Flashpoint paradox. I want to see more changes in the timeline and to Barry, for Barry to realize that he screwed up big time. Because I know that we sort of like lightly touched on the rival and Dr. Alchemy, but if what we saw at the end is from the Flashpoint universe, then... Does that mean that the Flashpoint will somehow, not necessarily the Flashpoint as a whole, but like characters from this Flashpoint paradox will enter our post, well I'm saying our as if we're in it, but will enter the post Flashpoint world? Is that what we're going to be getting? Because that would be interesting because this will be, I think, the first time where... Barry's sort of like messing with the past like leaps into his present right it's uh yeah it's almost uh you know quantum leap type situation uh, let's also, sorry one other point i wanted to raise that uh so uh so uh wally is injured uh he's not healing uh barry realizes he might lose his reality so he decides he has to go back and restore the timeline was that the right call i mean this re reality that he's in right now is just as real as that reality uh all the people in this world are going to die so that the other world can live uh and he has to kill his parents in the process do you think barry made the right choice i, I think it was presented on the show as very much an unalloyed no no this is what you have to do if you're a hero i don't get that if barry had just stayed there and let his memories be rewritten so that he became barry of this world maybe lost his speed force uh left on to die in the box uh, by the way, uh, just a total aside here, Barry's bringing him food. I didn't see a toilet in that box, and he's been there for three months. 
Jess loves uh, yeah, wondering if there are toilets in the prisons. <laughs> it's not only my job anymore. You guys all heard that, right? That'll be recorded. Someone else asked about the bathroom situation. I think it's entirely valid because he has to stay in that box. It's not like they're letting him out for, uh, you know, uh, little breaks. Uh, but anyway, so, yes, yeah, so my question breaks. is, was that the right decision for Barry? To well, go back in time and restore that. But, I mean, the reality that he's in is just as real. All those people are just as real as the reality he left behind. Yes, he's going to forget them, but the price of saving his memories is killing all these people, including his parents. It just well, seems to me it's really not Do they really die, though? They should. Like, they don't exist. Like, like, they're, they're do they, like wouldn't they sort of, like, spin off into their own... I don't want to call it an Earth, but, like, wouldn't it just be an alternate timeline? Or no? No, I think because he's going back and stopping it from happening oh, okay he's stopping it from dying, happening okay so yeah exactly they, so they, they will never have existed. it's not like they're all going to die in some horrible cataclysm it's just that they yes. will never have Kaboom. existed but that's no different than his reality never having existed he's he's trading one reality for another um and and it's presented as a heroic act but it's really it's just it's almost a coin flip you're still killing billions of people or rendering billions of people unalive well, it's selfish, to be quite honest. And I know that we never really discuss Barry as being selfish because we see him as the hero, but he does a lot of selfish things. I mean, if you think of it, I mean, Barry is a fuck up. I mean, there's just no other way to describe it. He's very emotional. Whenever anything overly emotional happens to him, he ends up like going into the past, messing things up. Well, not messing things up, like correcting what he feels like he needs to correct. And then it messes up his future. So he's consistently doing this and he doesn't seem to learn from his mistakes. And I mean, I would not be surprised if at some point maybe even later on this season or in in the next season he's going to go back into the past and mess things up and it's going to have ramifications in the future it seems like he never learns and because he's lovable and he's fun and he's the hero we don't really call him out on his shit a lot of times but he really does fuck things up like majorly and then he always has to clean things up and there are always ramifications for his fuck-ups and the argument in the off season when everyone was talking about this was that you know uh, you know, Barry's decision to go back and save his mom was an act of selfishness. You know, it was about what he wanted and everything like that. Every time he goes back in time, it's an yeah, act he's, of selfishness. He's undoing it for the same reason, which is that, you know, he wants his memories of his friends uh, to consist. And so, yeah, it, it is an, an odd sort of selfishness dressed up as heroism. Correct. He's an emotional thinker, and he doesn't think, you know, okay, if I go back in time, I'm not going to know these people. They're not going to know me. I'm not going to have this nuclear family that I've created in my present-day time if I go back in time. He doesn't think about that. He thinks about, oh, I need my mom alive. Oh, my, you know, my dad just died, so I have to go save my mom. i got to save both of them. This is out of the other. And he doesn't realize that everything is going to change because he's creating a new universe that never existed. Um Unless, as you said, maybe these timelines do continue to exist independently, you know, once they've, they've been spawned. So maybe he is, you know, going back in time and creating alternate futures, you know, divergent realities, getting back to, you know, that uh, that crisis term I used earlier. Uh, yes. Which might be, you know, creating something for the future. That Exactly, which might be uh, why we have this Dr. Alchemy person, maybe. Intriguing. Well, I think it's time to get a little spoilery uh let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of the flash uh this is your official spoiler alert if jeff is ready to put on his spoiler hat spoiler alert 
Yes, it is put on right now. So, listeners, uh, check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com slash the Central City Chronicle. So let's get into it. We'll start off with ratings. The CW's The Flash opened Season 3 on Tuesday with 3.1 million total viewers and a 1.2 in the 18-49 to 49 demo rating. It's down f- both from its sophomore premiere which uh, received 3.6 million total and 1.4 in the demo, and its uh, sophomore finale, which received 3.4 million total and 1.3 in the demo. And it's the lowest tallies since mid-April for the series. So it's not a series low, but it's the lowest uh, since mid-April. So we'll see what ends up happening. Maybe a lot of people DVR'd. So we have some information on uh, casting scoops as far as potential characters that will be appearing throughout this season. And uh, we have a lot of actually information, a lot of information on guests. And the first person is Joey King. She has been cast as Magenta. So uh, it, she's playing a teen with a troubled past. Francis Frankie Kane is a metahuman with the ability to control metal, but her powers come with a dangerous side effect causing her villainous alter ego, known as Magenta, to emerge. So we have that to look forward to. We also have Ashley Rickards cast as The Top. Rickers will be playing uh, Rosalind Rosa Dillon, a.k.a. The Top, in the fourth episode of The Flash's third season. The Top, which was a male character in the comic books, has the power to make people's heads spin. She's the Bonnie to Mirror Masks' Clyde, and one of the most dangerous members of the Gallery of Rogues. Speaking of Mirror Mask, that role has been cast as well with actor Gray Damon. So, Mirror Mask, uh, one of the Flash's most infamous rogues, real name Sam Scooter, is a smooth criminal with a huge ego. Upon discovering he now has the power to travel through any reflective surface, Scooter embarks on a massive crime spree to prove himself the greatest thief that Central City has ever seen. We also have information on uh, Caitlin Snow. We're going to be seeing Caitlin Snow's mother on The Flash, and she's going to be played by the Vampire Diaries alum Susan Walters. Her name is Dr. Carla Tenhauser, and she's a world-class biomedical engineer and the CEO of a major research company. So we will be seeing her at some point in the upcoming season. Now, as far as just general casting scoop, uh, for those that didn't know, Katie Cassidy, who uh, played Laurel Lance on Arrow and who was featured on The Flash as the Earth 2 villain, Black Siren, has signed on as series regular on all of the CW's DC shows. So that means that she will appear across the four CW uh, comic book series, a.k.a. The Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. Also, John Barrowman, who many know as Malcolm Merlin on Arrow, he also signed a similar deal, meaning that he will appear on all four shows. 
and this this deal has been signed by many. Uh, John Wesley Ship has signed a similar deal, as well as Wentworth Miller. So John Wesley Ship obviously is uh, Henry Allen, and uh, Wentworth Miller is Captain Cold. So we will be seeing all of those characters at some point throughout all of the CW's uh, DC Comics series. For those that were curious, uh, Violet Bean is returning to uh, The Flash, although we had seen her depart to Earth 2. She will be returning at some point, uh, and she'll be continuing on as a series regular for Season 3. Now, as far as other scoop, for those out there that were wondering, Gorilla Grodd is returning in Season 3. And uh, it has been quoted via the TCA press tour over the summer that they will be doing a two-part episode that takes place in Gorilla City. Exciting. As far as other upcoming episodes scoop, there's going to be a musical crossover episode of both Supergirl and The Flash. And apparently it will occur around either episode 13 or 14 of the season, so somewhere towards the uh, early part of next year. Exciting. And uh, we do have some episode scoop. But before we get into press releases for the upcoming episodes, we do have some episode titles. And uh, episode 7 will be titled Killer Frost. Episode... Going back, episode 5 is titled Monster. And as far as upcoming episode press releases, the next episode, episode 2, is titled Paradox. And here's the synopsis. Barry realizes the effects from Flashpoint are much greater than he thought. Meanwhile, Barry meets new co-worker Julian Albert and is surprised by Julian's immediate disdain for Barry. The following episode, after that episode 3, is titled Magenta. Barry and Team Flash are thrilled to reunite with Earth 2 Wells and Jesse. Wells confides to Barry and Caitlin that Jesse has all the powers of a speedster and has been saving people on his Earth. He is concerned about her safety and wants them to talk her out of using her powers. Meanwhile, Magenta, a new meta who can control metal, terrorizes the city. All right. you know, and every we time do I hear the name Magenta, I'm convinced they meant to call her Magneta. Someone just misspelled it the first time, and they've been, you know, refusing to admit it ever since. No, no, it's Magenta. It's Magenta. She that's controls too metal. funny. Yes, that is funny, and that's probably true. And we do have a little bit of information on Tom Cavanaugh and his role this season. This is via Entertainment Weekly's Spoiler Room. The question that was posed is uh, just in general about uh, Tom Cavanaugh on The Flash this season. And their answer is, uh, considering Barry changed the timeline, you would think that Tom Cavanaugh might be playing the original Harrison Wells, who uh, maybe in this timeline was not killed by a reverse Flash. But it appears that's not the case. I played the original Wells on the beach with Tess, Tom Cavanaugh told Entertainment Weekly. This guy won't be that guy. If the show has strengths, I would argue that we're not repeating ourselves generally. And specifically, I'm not trying to repeat myself. So I think that's interesting. And we do have a little bit of a teaser as far as the major four-way Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow crossover. The villain for that four-part 
episode event will be the Dominators. And so if you're unfamiliar with who the Dominators are, they're extraterrestrial beasties. And uh, the Dominators are a sinister, technologically advanced alien race who view Earth's tendency to generate superpowered people as a sign that humans may essentially evolve to be genetically superior. So naturally, they would like to wipe humans out of existence before that ever becomes a problem. And uh, for those that are comic bookified, uh, this storyline largely played out in a three-issue comic crossover event called Invasion, much of which was drawn by Todd McFarlane. I have those comics, and interestingly, that was when the Daxamites first came to Earth and realized they had powers like Kryptonians, and a Daxamite is going to be on Supergirl this season. So, it all ties together. I see. That sounds exciting. So those are all the spoilery tidbits that I have. So back to you, Professor X. Uh, Join us next time for a brand new installment of the Central City Chronicle. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for the Central City Chronicle and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Central City Chronicle. Follow us on Tumblr, the Central City Chronicle.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, wish the listeners a good night. Good night, listeners. Whether you're in the past, in the flashpoint, in the future, in the present, uh, we thank you for listening. Good night, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Central City Chronicle every Thursday via iTunes and the Poppy Chulo Radio archives. New episodes stream via poppychuloradio.com every Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern or 7 p.m. Pacific. Good night. (laughs) 